Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good friend Seth. Seth Robinson, where are you? I'm here. Barely. Yeah. Join the club. Yeah. I've had a rough week with uh, illness, and I, I'm, I forgive my my listeners here if I sound terrible, but I feel like um, sort of a late night overnight DJ on some 1970s radio station voice right now. But oh, soldier through. I know you're not feeling great either. So yeah, we're both uh, hurting a little bit, but uh, we are going to soldier through. We're going to power through this one, and then we can go back to taking medicine or whatever we need to do to start feeling better yeah well we got football season kicked off this weekend so i'm excited about that so i've got my i'm thinking hopefully i'm feeling better by sunday night when my patriots start their season yeah and then you're traveling next week right i am i'm going to be in dc next week for channel partners evolution so i will be in our nation's capital for a few days you definitely missing, want to be feeling better the, before you get on a plane. I hope so. Luckily, it's a short flight from Boston to, to D.C., so um, it'll be up and down. Even if I'm in a little discomfort, I'll know it'll end. It's not like the usual cross-country flights I, I seem to be taking all the time. But anyway, I, I will survive. So we're going to talk some research today, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Last time we had my upcoming study on security, uh, which probably ties into a little bit the the study that you've got coming up. I know you mentioned it on the last podcast, but we're going to dive a little deeper here into our eighth state of the channel. This isn't one that we necessarily do every year, but uh, we've done several iterations of them, obviously. And You've kind of done the same thing with uh, State of the Channel that I did with security, right? Where not every year is exactly the same. Sometimes it takes like a little bit of a different tack. Uh, but this year was a little more broadly focused again, wasn't it? It was, yeah. We um, uh, we did a State of the Channel last year. So there there's, uh, there was a 2018 version of this study. Um, so we wanted to capture a lot of year-over-year data for trending purposes. Um, so there was, it was definitely more broad-based than uh, some of the ones I've done in the past where I've, I've drilled down into a particular topic or aspect of what's going on within the channel and asked very specific questions there, but then never repeated those questions on other studies. We did do an emerging tech section last year, and I repeated that pretty much verbatim this year to try to get a sense of whether we've moved the needle at all in terms of adoption. Um, we can talk a little bit about that. Not a ton changed, and that doesn't surprise me because it's a. It's only been 12 months, and b. I think the adoption of emerging tech, and I know you, you're well versed in this, can speak to it. Is is going to be slow for a lot of these smaller channel companies, which make up the bulk of that ecosystem. So I think adoption there is going to move at a pretty slow pace. Although there is a lot of enthusiasm for emerging tech among this group of people and their businesses, um, so I don't think it, it, it's a category that's going to be ignored. I don't, nor should it be ignored. But I think what we saw is some some slow uptake there. Yeah, yeah, we should we should dive into the emerging tech stuff for sure because I I agree with you. You know, we talked about this a little bit at ChannelCon on a panel that I moderated. Just that adoption is not moving really rapidly, and I think people have gotten educated about these topics, but actually implementing them into a business is a little tricky. And I'm sure with these channel firms, there's a little bit of push and pull where they're either waiting for their clients to kind of be ready uh, and maybe offer them something that would require emerging technology. Uh, and then on the other hand, they're maybe trying to kind of pull them into a brave new world and, and help them be more competitive. Yeah, it really speaks, I think, to a larger theme from this study is that there is 
despite the fact that the economy at present is still is still humming along quite nicely and it's been a really good few years from and these companies have definitely benefited from that in in the tech industry generally and in the channel specifically um but there's a little bit of trepidation beginning to creep in and i think that was evident by some of the answers that we had to this particular survey we asked a kind of high level question um, at the very beginning of the survey, um, whether or not we asked these respondents whether or not you know they had read you know, or listened to people do presentations where they are kind of predicting the demise of the channel in some way or saying it's going to contract and shrink and maybe not be as relevant in the future. And we really just wanted to get a sense of whether these people in the trenches, the actual channel companies, believe that. Um, and we asked them that question on the survey. And, and quite frankly, only a quarter of them said that outright dismissed it. The the remaining three quarters either said that, yeah, there's definitely some truth to channel channel irrelevance coming in the future. And then, you know, a 15 percent, a small percentage, but still these are companies in the channel who said that's a very accurate assessment for most of the ecosystem. There are many reasons for that. I mean, we've talked about this before, but the channel is definitely aging and there's not a huge pipeline of younger entrepreneurs who are who are filling or you know beginning to fill in the space for those who are going to be retiring and aging out so what happens there and there's been a lot of consolidation and then of course the way that consumers purchase technology today has changed so much in the era of cloud that that's shaken a lot of things up so i think rightly so for a little bit of of apprehension about where the future is going but i don't think the group is thrown in the towel yet they're doing a lot of things to try to shore up their businesses for the future it was interesting to me to see that economic point that you mentioned that that people are feeling a little bit of uncertainty they're they're feeling a little unsure maybe <clears throat> of the direction where things are headed here uh, and what their place is going to be and when i looked at that that data point saying that they were kind of concerned about the general economy i wondered if part of what was tied up in there wasn't not so much the state of the economy but the state of technology you mentioned purchasing being different but I've written a lot and we've talked a lot about how the use of technology is different. It's being used in a different way. It's being used more strategically. And we were just mentioning last week how kind of the level of awareness and expertise around technology has risen as well. And so a lot of companies don't just need someone that can provide some product to them that they can't get anywhere else. And they don't just need someone that knows a little bit of, about technology just to Put the basic pieces in place they need some really well-versed people and they need some specialists and they need um specialists in a lot of different areas right and I, I think that that whole thing is is shifting and you know not to you know disparage any individual channel firm or or any you know group of people but i i i just feel like in the aggregate that's something that we are seeing companies struggle with uh, that they they haven't quite embraced what does it mean to be providing technology services in today's business economy? Agreed. I think there's a, a huge part of the channel has most of its body still in the old world, selling a lot of horizontal solutions, not specializing, despite all the talk we do about specialization and uh, and drilling down into a vertical niche and becoming the you know the expert in that area and how that could be a lucrative um, a lucrative opportunity for you. Um, a, a lot of these companies can't pivot that quickly, and they may not have the skill set in-house. They're small companies. 
They need to take business wherever business will come. And so you, even when you look at the data that I've got here is that you ask them you know, what kind of solutions they sell and, and they practically check every box for you, you name it. Yeah, we do security. Yeah, we do managed services. Yeah, we do um, uh, you know, custom app dev even. You know, all kinds of – it's just a wide array of things that they do. And, and frankly, they probably only dabble in some of those areas. But what we lack seeing is – some pure play companies out there who are really good at one or two things and that's what they go to market with and 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 like you said the way that people are using technology has gotten so sophisticated and very um, specialized um, those are the ones that will succeed in the channel who are able to appeal to that new way of adopting and using technology I don't know how those who are kind of jack-of-all-trades doing horizontal solutions there'll always be room for them but I think that's that's a stagnant piece of the, of the puzzle right now. Mm -hmm. You know, when I when I think about the way that things are changing, and I think this is something that we might end up exploring quite a bit in our in our outlook that will be coming up at the end of the year. But we we've said a lot that every technology, every company now is a technology company. And, and I think when we say that, we, we mean that it's great that everyone's using technology, and there's a lot of opportunity out there. And that's true. But I think the other thing that it kind of implies is that technology isn't necessarily the thing anymore. That There is a great line from the show Halt and Catch Fire. I don't know if you've seen that, but it kind of traces these characters kind of through the 80s and 90s and in the technology industry. And so they're always shifting and, and trying to get to the next thing. And they say the technology isn't the thing. It's the thing that gets us to the thing. And I, I think that that's really what's happening in today's climate, that if you're only providing the technology, if you're only providing that solution, then you're not really helping a business drive to their objective. And so if you if you don't understand how to use the technology, and like when you mentioned that people show a lot of excitement for emerging technology, mm -hmm. I kind of sense that they're excited about it because they feel like it's a new line item, but they might not completely understand how to use that technology to create a new product or reach customers in a new way. Uh, and I think those that do are seeing some really good success. Um, but that's kind of why we see adoption slowing down. And I think that's why we see some of the uncertainty that we do in your study here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that we need to move. The mindset needs to shift from simply having line items, like you said, on your in your portfolio and adding new categories and services and solutions and really being able to map those to what ever the customer is trying to achieve and typically that is a business goal and has nothing to do with we really want to learn how to use this CRM application great you know I mean it's really more about well we want to be able to manage our customers better and and um, I think that the channel companies who put a lot of emphasis on consulting are going to succeed they need to learn how to, especially business consulting, um, and then be able to use their technical acumen to map those business goals that the customers have to whatever the the best technical solution happens to be, but not just like you said, selling the technology itself um, as as an end, uh, as an end goal. Um, that's that's really kind of the old way of doing business. I do want to highlight though, uh, you know, and so we're a little bit we're a little bit doom and gloomy here. Maybe it's our sicknesses too, but uh, I do want to highlight one thing in the study that I thought was optimistic. We asked about some of the things that companies have done in the last couple of years to position themselves better for the future. And this has been one of the things that I harp on over and over again is the lack of uh, emphasis on marketing skills and efforts within the channel. It's no, it's always been sort of the, the ugly stepsister part of the business and they haven't um, 
haven't focused on it and haven't done it well. Well, that is the number one area that they have started to work on to position themselves better for the future, as I said. So that's they've invested more heavily in all of marketing, including social media. They're hiring marketing people, actually, which is um, a big deal because most of these companies did not have dedicated marketing staff at all. Um, so that's good. I think they're beginning to realize that um, that that part of the business is is crucial. Um, demand gen business development efforts and having a brand that is recognized um, out in the marketplace beyond whoever you work with on the in the vendor community is going to put you more front and center with potential customers than it is if you kind of just hide behind um, the vendors who you sell. Yeah, you you've brought up that this point a lot in the past, uh, so yeah. you've kind of been ahead of the curve on this one. But not only you know is technology changing, and so these these companies have to do new things, but like marketing is changing as well. And so those companies that were behind the eight ball with their marketing effort, they're really having to play catch up to understand exactly how you advertise yourself and how you reach customers in you know, kind of social media, uh, mobile era, uh, all these all these things that have changed. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of them that are really finding that there's a lot to do there. Uh, and it's interesting to hear that you see some hiring. I would guess that there's a lot of them that also are just trying to work with a marketing firm. They can't quite afford to bring on a, a full headcount to do this. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, the approaches are, are varied, obviously, and, and, and it's definitely a resource strain for some of the small companies to bring somebody full time on board, although some are or they're dedicating, a, you know, a half half headcount uh, to marketing efforts. But, you know, this goes back to the customer experience um, study that they did earlier this year, which was of, you know, the respondents there were channel companies as well. And they're very they're they're quite aware that. Um, how they went to market and appealed to customers in the past is not the way they're going to be able to get new customers today or hold on to existing ones, especially if they're trying to cultivate customers in a younger demographic. And so the awareness is there. I, be I believe the investment is starting to get there. Um, it's a little bit like emerging tech where the awareness is there, um, but how heavily have they invested? I think they're a little further along with m what they're doing with marketing now than they are with emerging tech. So it may just be that this is just the trajectory that that, uh, that these companies follow as they see an area that they know they should be moving into or, or doing better at, um, but it takes them a little bit of time to get there. I wanted to uh, jump in a little bit more on the emerging tech stuff. I was looking at the breakdown of, of what people had in their portfolio or they were experimenting with. And like you said before, there really wasn't a lot of movement. And that's kind of what I've seen in some of the specific emerging tech studies that I've done this year. Uh, but a couple places that, that there was a little bit of movement was it was interesting to me to see virtual reality as the third one on the list. Um, yes. Kind of a jump from before. And, you know, when I when I see things like this, or even the next one on the list, like the, the one that took the biggest jump was 5G. And, I mean, I think you know that there, there really aren't a lot of practical 5G solutions out there. And so I wonder, you know, I know you've got a combination in here of things that are actively being sold and things that are being experimented with. So that one maybe is... A little heavier on the experimentation side, but I see some of these and I kind of wonder what exactly is being done with them uh, because we, you know, when when you see a little bit of growth or you see some numbers that don't necessarily track with the end user side, uh, it'd be curious to know exactly what they're digging into and and what kind of problems they're trying to solve. 
Yeah, I think that those big jumps there definitely are uh, among those who are really just dabbling. And they may be just being researching at this point, you know what I mean? And then they'll check the box. I've always, there's a lot of caveats when you ask a question like that where you're, where you give them the kind of, a lot of leeway to um, define for themselves what experimentation actually means. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right. 5G in particular um, stuck out to me along with VR as well. So uh, I can't tell you specifically because we did not ask exactly. Other than with IoT, we, we did drill down uh, into the specifics of what those who are doing IoT are doing with it because that's more established as one of the leading M-Tech categories. Couldn't do that with all the rest of these. So I can't tell you specifically what they might be doing with 5G. Obviously, there's not a lot of practical application of that going on right now. Um, my guess is they're getting ready or they're researching it, uh, looking into potential business areas when and uh, when 5G actually gets going. So that's what I would say to that. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we see uh, something that we typically see with technology adoption. And it looks like you're even seeing it like with a couple line items here, like uh, artificial intelligence or blockchain, those took a step back. Uh, and I think we, yes. we always see kind of this step back where people get excited about it, they jump into it, they're finding out about it, and then they kind of figure out, oh, there's actually yeah. not a play here, or there's at least not a play for me if I don't have the skills. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. kind of what we I would expect that. to see, and that's natural. Yeah, we saw that with cloud, right? right. I remember we talked about that a lot. It was like everyone was fast out of the gates at first they were nervous about it then they were fast out of the gates and that one study it was like oh we're all doing it everyone's doing it and then you know a year later and even two years later there had been pullback and we talked a lot about that and that's when reality sets in for a lot of these companies who realize whoa wait a minute we really don't know what we're doing here (laughs) right right so it'll be it'll be interesting to continue tracking that i know that we're going to fire off a new version of our emerging tech tracker which will give us some more data um and and there's a lot of potential here but we've talked quite a bit about some of the challenges that come in realizing that potential yeah definitely any other major things that we missed here or when is this one going to come out yeah I, i would look for this um probably the third week of this month um is probably when that will be published and and ready to go so you can you know take a look at um, all of the data. We covered quite a bit of ground in this study, but there's a lot of good year-over-year data that you can take a look at too. So if you did read the report last year or saw any of the presentations, you can kind of get a sense of where things have moved or not moved in the last 12 months. So yeah, uh, I would say third week of September. Very cool. Is this what you're speaking on next week? Uh, it is not actually. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm speaking on customer experience in the channel. So, but I will incorporate some of this data in there because it kind of all blends together a little bit. So I'm going to um, incorporate a few of the data points from this study into that slide deck. Well, I was going to tell anyone that wanted to get another sneak preview of this to uh, come see you in DC, but I guess I'll just say anyone that wants to hear about customer experience should come see you in DC. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Please do. Please do. All right, my friend. Well, safe travels next week, um, and I hope you get well soon. Yeah, same with you. It's the weekend, so good time to rest up. Yep, yep. Recuperate and get ready for another one. Sounds good. Take care. You too.